0: Our scripture reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Our second scripture reading is from the book of Revelations, chapter 21, verse 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: I remember the day a little bit more than 18 years ago like it was yesterday. I got a call from one of my best friends in the world. We had grown up together. We lived around the block from each other. He was a Marine. He was stationed overseas for nine months, and he was calling me to let me know he had just gotten news that his 18-month-old daughter was hit by a car and killed. I remember the rush of emotion I felt of incredible sadness, of loss, and of grief for the pain that I knew he was going through, that his wife were going through. I also remember the day because he asked me in that call if I would do the funeral second funeral i had ever done. And I remember when I went to his parents' house after he had flown back from Japan, he was stationed in Okinawa. And I sat with him at a table. He had just arrived. And I remember him telling me this, Chris, I I felt like I'm dead. I felt like I'm a ghost. They put me on a plane immediately to fly me back home and everybody who was on the plane must have been told what had happened to my daughter no one could look in my eyes they all looked past me they all looked around me and no one said a word to me he said I felt so alone I felt like a ghost I tell you this story because what I've reflected on since then, what I reflected with him in that moment, was the discomfort that we have with other people's grief and mourning. You see, we've worked our entire society to be far away from suffering, from pain, from loss from grief, from sadness, from discomfort as much as possible, and we've been so successful in it that the minute it infringes upon our lives is the minute that we feel that we want to shun it and get rid of it. And so what a great disservice we do to our brothers and sisters who are suffering and mourning over their own losses. Over and over, over the years in ministry, 20 years, I've been working in churches, eight different churches. And I've sat with people whose loved ones have just died, who have been diagnosed with terminal illness. And I've sat with them in mourning. And over and over and over again, the stories roll out about how their grief, how their loss, and how their mourning triggers a response in others of such discomfort that it adds to their own sense of mourning and loss. The people say things like, isn't it time you get over this by now? Shouldn't you move on from this by now? Because we don't want to feel their discomfort. I've felt this. And I've had to learn over the years to not shun the discomfort and not let my discomfort rule in the moment as I'm sitting with somebody else in their mourning and in their sadness, but instead to embrace it. To instead feel empathy and to understand the kind of pain and the kind of loss that they're going through. And for me, myself, to sit in the grief and the loss and the mourning with them. But that's not what we want to do. This is why we've set up our society to keep death and loss so far from ourselves, to keep luxury so far from ours or so close to ourselves and comfort so close to ourselves and to keep all discomfort away from us. We don't like those feelings of loss. But Jesus gives his radical, anti-world kingdom, kingdom of heaven message, and he declares, blessed, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Remember this statement we've looked at in previous weeks it's not a statement of future promise the statement is not even including a verb it actually is saying that there's an internal nature of blessing that that is within the one who is in this condition and so when Jesus says blessed are the mourners, he's saying the mourners have a nature an indwelling presence within them of blessedness So counter to our experience and to our desires and our wants in the kingdom of the earth. So why? Why does Jesus state that there is this blessedness for those who mourn? A couple of things for us to think about in this process. The first is for us to recognize that we all have reason to mourn. We don't even need external events. We don't need COVID. We don't need the death of a loved one. We don't need a divorce. We don't need any of those things for us to mourn. We know inherently in our lives that something within us is broken and needs fixing. We feel the effects of sin and death. In our own lives, we feel disconnected from God and we recognize that there's something wrong. C.S. Lewis, years after he converted to Christianity, said this, that when he was an atheist, he adamantly believed that God didn't exist and he was so angry at God for not existing. Even C.S. Lewis in his atheism recognized the disconnect between him and his creator in some way or form that he held this resentment and anger towards God. So the first thing, that we can recognize here when Jesus is blessed are those who mourn, is that if we recognize the condition of our own souls in our own disconnection from our creator, which we were designed to be in perfect relationship with, in our disconnection from each other, where we were designed to be in perfect relationship with, and our disconnection from creation, in which we were designed to be in perfect relationship with, if we understood the condition of our souls, we would weep in mourning at the loss of what we have created in our rebellion. And then we would cling, cling to the only hope we have at restoration, Jesus. Do we get that sense of mourning from the weight of our own sin? Do we recognize the brokenness within us that needs fixing? And do we recognize the effects of our sin on other people and how we contribute to the brokenness of this world? Blessed are those who mourn. Jesus says elsewhere that if you laugh and sing and praise and never recognize your own loss in this life, then you will mourn in the life to come because you will not recognize the reconnection, the blessing. And so we get the story of the rich young ruler whose heart is so full of the luxury he's built for himself and he comes to ask Jesus what ways that he can be saved and Jesus finally gets to the point and tells him, well, you could sell all of your possessions and and give it to the poor if you really want to guarantee that your heart is for the Lord only and then then you will know salvation and the rich young ruler says nothing else in response to him but instead goes away. What? In sadness, in mourning for he owned a great deal of things. And so if we're so happy in our lives today and we don't recognize our poor condition before God in our own rebellion, then we will be forced to mourn when everyone else is rejoicing as they recognize the hope and the promise and the restoration of Jesus and we lose it because we didn't mourn at the proper time. In a second way, second thing for us to think about. Jesus, as he entered into his last week of life, comes down the Mount of Olives and into the city, and then he kind of crosses the Valley of Kidron a couple of times, and he goes back into the Mount of Olives, and he teaches. And as he stands on the Mount of Olives, and he looks over the city, Jerusalem, the city that represents the hope of his people the people of God, he sees the effects and the brokenness of evil and sin and death and corruption and greed and selfishness in that city. And Jesus laments for Jerusalem, he openly weeps for Jerusalem. A few of us had the great privilege of going to a little conference in Western Pennsylvania that my friend Jordan put on, and he had his teacher, Lynn Sweet, come and speak. And Lynn talked in that conference about the need for the church to love their city so much that they would weep for it. Because Jesus loved his city so much, Jerusalem, the city of his people, the city that represented the hope of the people of God. He loved it so much that he wept for it, seeing how broken it was. And so there's this sense in this beatitude that we are to continue the ministry of Jesus who weeps for the brokenness of the world and who bears and carries the sorrow of the world as the man of sorrow who will carry the cross for salvation. Because of this, Martin Luther, when he went to translate the Beatitudes into German, he took this Beatitude, blessed are those who mourn, and he made a specific choice when he translated the word mourn. There were many different ways in which he could have translated it in the German, and yet he chose, he chose instead to translate it, blessed are the sorrow bearers. Hundreds of years later, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, leading the German church in the midst of the Nazi epidemic, the Nazi pandemic, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, that Luther made no accident there. That the church must be a body that mourns with those who mourns, and who must mourn for the suffering of the world. Because if we are the body of Christ, then Christ as our head leads and directs our ministry on this earth and makes us into an extension of what he was when he was here on earth. And so we do as Jesus does. We minister as Jesus ministered and we we act as Jesus acted. And Jesus mourned for the brokenness of this world because he saw he saw the brokenness and he knew what it was missing he knew the connection with god that they could have he knew the perfection because it was out of his lips that he spoke that perfection into existence in the beginning and so he knew what it could be and he saw what it had become at the hands of our rebellion. And he felt deep sorrow. And then he carried that sorrow to the cross. Brothers and sisters, if we don't have a heart like Jesus that mourns for the brokenness of this world, then who do we even claim to be? What right do we have to put any name on our sign that claims any allegiance to Jesus Christ unless we are the body who mourns for the brokenness of this world and carries sorrow with him? Oh, and in these days there is so much sorrow to carry. We watch the divisiveness of our political climate. We watch the racial divisions. We watch the unrest. We watch the violence. We watch the losses from this pandemic. And how could we but anything, do anything but mourn with this world? How could we callously respond to our brothers and sisters crying out for the racial injustice that they have felt for their entire lives? Scars of a system of enslavery for years and millennia, centuries of enslavery. And then discrimination laws which allowed for blacks to be treated the way that they've been treated in this country for decades after slavery was ended. How could we listen to them cry out in the pain that they have and say, all lives matter? Is that a true statement? Sure it is. But how callous, how unmourning, how unsorrow bearing that is to our brothers and sisters crying out in extreme pain in the experiences of their lives. How unChristlike it is. How unlike the one who cast no aspersion and instead took our sorrow, bore it on the cross, and then as he did it, prayed out to the Father for those who drove the nails. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. No, friends, if we want to be like Christ, if we want to be his hands and his feet, if we we say and claim that we are his body, we will feel sorrow. And we will bear the sorrow of this earth. And we will come alongside our brothers and sisters when they feel mourning and sorrow. And we will acknowledge their pain, as Jesus has done for us. And then we remember, and then we remember, and then we remember the second part of the statement, for they shall be comforted. And then we read in the vision of John in the book of Revelation that the kingdom of heaven will come down upon this earth and the presence of God will be our very light, our very sun and Jesus will be with us in person and there will be no more sadness for he shall wipe away every tear and destroy mourning for all eternity. We have so much hope to give to this world. We have so much blessing to give to this world in that message. But first they must know that we care as we mourn with them. Let us remember our position as the body of Christ. let us mourn for blessed are they who mourn they shall be comforted so what do I say for a charge go be sad (laughs) no no may you feel the comfort of the Almighty Comforter the Holy Spirit as you participate in In the mission of Jesus Christ as his body becoming the sorrow bearers of this earth. And as you mourn for your own sin. And as you mourn for the sins of this world. May you also bear hope upon the cross of Jesus and his resurrection. To bring new life and restoration into this world so that the kingdom of heaven might come down and make all things new through you. Amen.